Okay, Gumaj, can you unmute yourself? There, how's that? Yeah. Good morning. Good morning. Good, morning. Good to see you. So you want to give us an update of the week? Well, everything is good here, uh, all things considered. Um, lots of smoke. There's still, <laughs> yeah, there's still lots of smoke here. Yeah, it's a big problem out here in, in uh, on the West Coast of the United States with uh, the forest fires. A lot of smoke this morning, mm -hmm. but um, otherwise uh, everyone's well here and um, and what? Um, still uh, working with my book, with the editing. Um, almost finished with the Sanskrit editing and, and some copy editing on the first uh, section for six chapters. So um, that's proceeding. And um, otherwise, um, Take care of the cows, worshiping Giriraj, going to Thai, Krishna Balaram here also. No. Last week you, you were making ghee and you were cooking a new sabji. Did you do it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, now we're, now we're uh, uh, planning out um, a cheese cave. We've got so much milk here. It's, wow. So Brenda Rania has been, you know, looking into the into the different cheeses and so forth, and it's quite a precise uh, science to get it right. Um, so anyway, one aspect of it is we need a, we need a cheese cave. So we're uh, thinking how to go how how to go about that. <laughs> wow. I mean, there are rounds of cheese waiting to go in the, in the cave here. Milk, two refrigerators full of different milk in different stages of um, development, burfi and yogurt and curd and so forth. So, uh, send some of it here. Pardon? I wish you could send some of it here. Uh, yeah, we probably could. We'll think about that. Yeah. Maybe as we perfect the cheeses, we'll be able to send some out. So, Are the cows affected by the smoke? They don't seem to be affected by the smoke. Um, I'm, I'm sure they're, it's not good for their lungs any more than it is for ours, but, uh, but they, they seem fine. <clears throat> but I'm staying healthy also. I, I have um, a good uh, a fair amount of activity and I ride my bike for exercise. So that, that's good. Um, all's well, what are the questions this morning? Yeah, Tadas, you can go first, unmute yourself. Can you hear me? Yes, hello. Oh. Yeah, um, the last week I was reading one article from uh, Harmonist by you on uh, Vandeshi Krishna Chaitanya. And uh, uh, there is um, one section about the dream of uh, Srimati Radharani when she was dreaming uh, uh, Gauranga and then she was asking Krishna about who was that uh, the person in the dream was was he she or Krishna she couldn't understand and Krishna just laughed and but uh, but his Kaustaba money game started to glowing and um, uh, I just read, uh, she understood from the joy of the, oh, no, no. Uh, uh, however, his Kostaba money that he wears over the heart and which repre represents all jivas suddenly shone brightly, revealing to rather the reason why Krishna only laughed. Um, so basically, my question would be, could you tell something more about um, 
this aspect of of that gem as a as a um, representation of the jivas and uh, the second part of the question would be uh, can we assume that our um, devotional some some kind of our devotional acts or our chanting makes that gem glowing more mm -hmm. yeah thank you for your question um the uh section of that article that you're citing is uh a reference from a work of a short work of vishwana chakravarti Thakur. I, I can't recall the name of it right now but um i believe it is there in that place and i'm not sure if that occurs anywhere else i, I would look but i don't have the time now in the context of answering your question in the immediate look as to whether that is referenced as such anywhere else. That is to say uh, that the gem, the Kastuba Mani, um, represents all jivas and that uh, Krishna wears it close to his heart. That's, um, again, I, I, again, I know that Vishwanath Shavati Thakur has, has made that comment and um, the dream Leela that's being referred to there is also um, from a work of his, again, the name of which I forget. But um, I don't know of anything else offhand, as I'm saying, that uh, further describes the Kastuba Mani in that way. And it may be described in other ways, in other places as well. Um, the context here, of course, is of Radharani dreaming and envisioning Krishna as as Gaur Krishna. And in, and in that particular Leela, of course, uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is the embodiment of Krishna in the mood of Radha. Radha is sometimes referred to as the compassionate nature of Krishna. And he is tendering you know, to the world what, with the dissemination of um, the gift of Braj, Braj, Braj Bhakti, and um, he has been described by others as most magnanimous, most compassionate, um, and so forth. Um, there is the argument, of course, that, that Krishna's compassion, which is one of his transcendental qualities, extends only to his devotees because he only lives within the circle of his Swarup Shakti. His Leela is conducted only within the influence and the circle of his Swarup Shakti, not outside of it. We find ourselves, conditioned souls, outside of it. So his, his compassion doesn't extend in the immediate um, to that uh, beyond those, those limits because he doesn't go beyond those limits. Um, and, but nonetheless, of course, his, his devotees do, and so they're considered his Kripa Shakti, um, bhakti goes to them even though Krishna doesn't and then when bhakti goes there Krishna has to go there um, but in the case of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu of course he's Krishna but he's Krishna in the mood of a devotee so it, there's a compassionate side to him that's, that's emphasized and we find him even in Chaitanya Charitamrita um, expressing compassion for the Jivas even in um, in the forms of trees and uh, other um, lower forms of life, less complex forms of life. Um, and he ponders or expresses concern whether his method of Namsan Kirtan you know, will be sufficient to deliver them. So he's expressing compassion for them. Of course, Haridas responds, Don't, you shouldn't worry about that when you chant. You hear the echo, that's not really an echo, that's the non-moving living entities chanting back. So the implication being they're also going to be benefited. So the idea here that I'm emphasizing is that there, we do see extraordinary compassion in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And this Leela that Radha is experiencing in a dream, um, being about that Krishna in this compassionate form assuming her own nature, she's the compassionate nature of Krishna, 
um, and so forth. In that context, then there's this reference to the Kastubamani representing all jewels. I, again, I don't know if it's if it's said so anywhere else, but I think suffice to say that there's there's evidence from the way I'm speaking about it in support um, of the idea that um, that the jewel resting as it does uh, over Krishna's heart represents all jivas. What else can we say about it? I, I really don't uh, don't have any other references to uh, support that or extend the understanding whether or not um, a there's a glow there's a glow brighter <laughs> is your second question when when devotees take up uh, devotional service well um krishna has of course unlimited capacity to enjoy and accept um service and but that said the nature of prem while it is ever increasing it's full, I should say, but ever increasing at the same time. So I suppose you could say that the more, the merrier, um, and 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 perhaps it shines brighter. But these are only poetic ways of of speaking about the fact that uh, Krishna has a compassionate heart, really, and in the form of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, it's, it's extended. Apparently, it would seem beyond the the, the limits of Krishna's. Virginia Nandan Krishna's uh, compassion because here in this Leela, he's taking the role of a devotee and the devotees are the Kripa Shakti of Krishna. So I think that all this is, is, is like I say, it's a poetic way of speaking about this philosophical uh, point. And so we get encouraged by this, that, that the jivas like, like ourselves are, are um, not outside of the uh, concern and compassion heart of, of Krishna. Does that help? Yeah. So, so it wouldn't be an offense to meditate on that uh, glowing gem while you chant Japa. <laughs> no, it wouldn't be offense to, to think about any of Krishna's ornaments while while chanting. And there, there's probably some other book that speaks about somebody who's personified as personified form of the Kastuba Maniya. And when the Ramanuja Sampradaya, the different weapons of Vishnu are all personified as the Alwars. Uh, so there are many different angles of vision on, and as long as they fit within the parameters of the, of the tattva, they have, um, um, uh, there's, there's, there's truth to them. So yeah, any of the ornaments of Krishna are worshipable. Thank you. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Okay. Um, Sharda, you want to ask your question? Salams, Maharaj. Um, right. I was reading okay. <laughs> Hare Krishna. I was reading with relish last night the Shishashtakam and I, I, I need to like uh, it might be a stupid question, but I might like to clarify in my mind about the progression. Um, you know, you have Ruchi, Yanishta, and these stages. Now, if if there is a soul that, you know, if by the mercy of Krishna is born, a jiva who's born into any planet, so is it a, a different stage, not at the beginning? Is that possible? And can we say that they are not conditioned souls, that they are something higher, or can we say anything about that type of jiva who is born and appears to then be in, say, in the middle stage, already has taste for Namasankitan? Can we say, can you elaborate on a, a being like that? How they, yeah. what they would be like? Well, there's a, an important point regarding bhakti. Um, in contrast to karma or jnana as paths or yoga, karma tends to be more of a, a, a path of material acquisition. And we know that the, the results of karma, the fruits, are temporary. 
right? Mm -hmm. So you could get yeah. good, good karma and a good result from doing a good deed, but that good karma and the reward, so to speak, will expire at a certain point. So the results yeah. within the karma mark are temporary. And karma is governed by the, by the Rajaguna. Now, if you go from karma to gyan and yoga, these are governed by sattva. Hmm? And right. so their, their pursuit is knowledge rather than things. Hmm? And, uh, and knowledge requires giving up things because attachment is ignorance and the cause of suffering. But yoga and gyan are governed by sattva. The symptom of sattva is gyan, knowledge, mm -hmm. and corresponding attachment. But still, that's within the gunas. Hmm? So you have rajaguna governing mm -hmm. karma, sattva guna governing gyan and yoga, and the, mm -hmm. the, the knowledge that's derived from, from those practices. Now, bhakti is nirguna, hmm? because mm -hmm. bhakti yeah. is that which... Um, makes the spiritual world go round. Hmm? Radharani is sometimes referred to as Bhakti Devi. So the goddess of Bhakti and the Krishna, she's Krishna's dancing teacher, teaching him how to dance. So because Bhakti is near Guna, the results that we acquire by engaging in Bhakti are not temporary. Hmm? Right, right. Therefore, if we progress to a certain stage, let's say we progress to Nishta, and we leave the world. Mm -hmm. Then we will take birth again, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. we'll pick up at the stage of Dishta. So yeah. sometimes we find okay. souls like this that seem to hit the ground running, so to speak, with regard to spiritual interest, and they seem to yeah. progress more very quickly. What will happen in that okay. instance is, for most, for the most part, they will, they will, when they take birth in this world again, and and, and take up bhakti, they'll go through the first stages very, very quickly. Hmm? Right. And then come to the stage where they left off, and then the work begins again. Hmm? Right. Right. So, right. so, so the, 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 there's, not, there's not a requirement for them to go to some other loka, so to speak, um, and earth is most conducive for that matter for bhakti. So according to the Gita, um, depending on how much progress they've made in the sixth canon of the Gita, this, this question is addressed. If they, if they aren't successful, they can go to a celestial realm and stay there for some time, and then they'll take birth on earth and pick up where they left off. Hmm? Right. So the interesting thing there, of course, is that they can go to a celestial realm hmm, mm. by doing bhakti imperfectly, which yeah. you could only get to through karma by doing it perfectly. Hmm? Right. By doing the karma perfectly right, you can get the corresponding result. By doing bhakti imperfectly, you can get the perfection of the, of, the, of, the, of the karma mark. And then take birth again on earth in a pious family, suitable for bhakti. And the Gita goes on to say that if one is more advanced but doesn't perfect himself or herself, they'll take birth in a Vaishnava family or a family of transcendentalists. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then they, they pick up where they left off. In other words, the yoga, the bhakti samskaras that they've acquired, maybe there as a favorable wind hmm, to carry them. Yeah. Some of the results that we will derive from bhakti also won't come immediately. Hmm. So they'll be, they'll yeah. be there in a crew, they'll be there in, in the next life. So you pick up, so to speak, where you left off. So some souls may yeah. seem very advanced and therefore we we, we determine mm. oh they practice bhakti in the previous lives they've acquired um mm. what i'm trying to acquire in this life in their previous life does that help mm. yeah that helps and you're saying that this earth is more conducive for bhakti cultivating bhakti this earth rather than other planets is that right there are some uh, realms um, mentioned in the scripture that are suitable for spiritual practice um, for right. for uh, uh, brahmacharis, for example, um, mm -hmm. who have, have overcome the uh, uh, sexual desire, they may go to Tapalok, Yanlok, Siddhaloka, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. and so forth. And they are planets that are for 
realms for intense spiritual practice. Right. In one sense, they're more conducive. There's, there's an idea within Buddhism that one can go to the planet of the Amitabha Buddha by chanting his name, and then everybody there is a Buddha, so it's easy to go from there to Nirvana. So it's a similar I- idea. Right. 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 But, yeah. Yeah. but Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's dispensation, particularly on, on earth, hearing here, and, uh, and, and so forth. So um, uh, I would think it more conducive um, right. in, 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 in a sense. Um, whereas, um, because this is a particular, you know, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is a particular dispensation, a particular practice to go to a particular realm in Rajabhakti, right. whereas the tapasvis, the ganis, the brahmacharis, the yogis, and and so forth, they're they're kind of aiming for mukti or some type of vaikuntha mukti. They don't have brajbhakti right. in, in mind, right. so to speak. So it's not a right. something that is where there are a number of devotees performing sankirtan, you know, regularly mm-hmm. compared to earth. So I think it's a little more okay. friendly here. Good. Thank we, you. We see, we, have, we see great devotees born here. Prabhupada described himself as, as several times as having been a, um, not perfected his practice in the previous life and taking birth in a Vaishnava family on earth. That's mm-hmm. how he described himself repeatedly. Um, so there are other examples. Yeah. Thank you. That's helped. Thank you. Okay. Made it clear. Um, Krishna Chaitanya. Hare Krishna. I have, uh, as often, uh, this question may be kind of jumbled, but I'll, I'll just throw this out there that I'm wondering about. It has to do with the Prakat and Aprakat Leelas. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just thinking, I you know, for instance, in your upcoming book, you have a section that kind of talks about the Prakat Leela and a section that talks about the daily Leela. And um, we sing the song, the Gora Asta, uh, that song, but also a, a way into the Gora Leela is said to be the Madhya Leela, which is a Prakat Leela. And I'm just wondering as far as like maybe different functions that becoming familiar with these, either the daily and or Prakat Leela may uh, play in the devotee's lives at, at different stages, like I guess sadhakas for instance, and or it's talked about that I guess a goal is to be born into the Prakat Leela. And just to add on to that is is really the Prakat and Aprakat Leelas different Leelas or just different aspects of the eternal inconceivable Leela? Well, the Aprakat Leela means it's, it's the invisible Leela and the Prakat Leela means where it, comes, where it becomes visible to, uh, to everybody in some respects. Of course, you have to have the right eyes to see it properly. But even if you see Krishna improperly, you're seeing him in the Prakat Leela in ways that you cannot see him um, in his Aprakat Leela. So uh, the Prakat Leela is a special dispensation, manifest Leela within the world, uh, you know, for the, for the jivas and for the uh, sadhakas who um, Krishna cannot, who are advanced enough that Krishna can't bear their separation anymore. So he appears uh, for them to collect them up, so to speak. So the Prakat Leela will be especially uh, dear to us and um, relevant and um, at the same time it's kind of a trailer to the movie of the Aprakat Leela so uh, it uh, entices us uh, lets us know that the that such a Leela is is exists it's available to enter into and so forth and as you say it becomes an entry point uh, the tip the the, the, the principal uh, portal uh, into the Aprakat Leela. Um, 
it's not necessarily the only portal um, because we see in the example of Brihad Bhagavatamrita Gopu Kumar tells his story of how he entered the Aprakat Leela in Goloka and he didn't uh, take birth in the Prakat Leela but he was living in Braj and there he envisioned the Leela which is going on invisibly in Vrindavan, even when Krishna's Prakat Leela is not manifest. Krishna's Leela may be manifest in another universe. One could be living in Braj in this universe, like now, the Prakat Leela is not manifest here, but invisibly within Braj, that Leela is, the, not the Prakat Leela, but, but the Aprakat Leela is going on. So one can gain a, a glimpse of it through bhajan in, in Vrindavan in particular there are certain features about the Dham on earth that uh, can be seen with the right eyes uh, devotional eyes that are described in the different Puranas and so forth so it's a special uh, sacred uh, geographical uh, location that transcends geographical boundaries even while it appears to fit with, within them um, and um, and the Leela can be experienced there uh, to practitioners in ways that would be in, invisible to others um, around them. And so Gopakumar had that experience as his, his student Jana Sharma did as well. And from through that, they went to the Aprakat um, Leela. So taking birth in the Prakat Leela, uh, is the norm, but there, there, there may be exceptions. Um, and the norm, we see examples. So the sages have done the Karanya. They were pursuing uh, Gopi Bhav and they took birth in the Prakat Lila. They, they personified, a sh- certain, certain Upanishads personified, aspired for this ideal. They took birth in the Prakat Lila. There are other individual examples mentioned in, in different places. Those were groups that went. Um, so there's there's evidence um, for that. The Prakat Leela is very special. It's like a meeting between the transcendence and the and, and the mundane, uh, between time and, and eternity. Just like our Sadaka Deha practitioner's body is like that as well. The Prakat Leela has been described in that way, also uh, similar. Um, so it's very special to us, uh, and it's the first expression of the Leela to contemplate, to become familiar with, uh, to learn about Krishna, and and so forth. Uh, now, books like Govinda Lilamrita, the song that you mentioned, Astaka Leela, Smarnam, Gorangor, uh, of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's eternal Leela, these are visions of the authors of these poems into the Aprakat Leela, hmm? while on earth practicing and so forth, they have visions, and then they're putting in the pen. The whole Govindali Lamrita, for example, is uh, really Krishna Skaviraj's meditation. We see in there his uh, he has he repeatedly mentions Kasturi Manjari, and mentions her for the most part following the uh, Tulsi Manjari or Rati Manjari, two names for the of, of the same. Uh, devotee, Raghunathas Goswami, who in Chaitanya Charitamrita, Krishna Das identifies as his guru. So his mention repeatedly of Kasturi Manjari and, and often in conjunction with, with Tulsi Manjari, I think the wise devotees thereafter came to the conclusion, well, he's Kasturi Manjari. Hmm? He, he, he's, so he's projecting himself and seeing himself in his meditation so this is aprakat. I mean, it's invisible in that sense. It's aprakat. And also the nature of the aprakat lila described, for example, in Gobindalila Amrita, or that uh, song that you mentioned about Gore's uh, eternal lila. Um, it's a, a, a certain a kind of, like if you were to take, for example, Krishna lila and develop it, from his Kumarli to his Pogandalila, from his childhood to his boyhood, to his adolescence, and just before he goes to Mathura, stop the cameras right there and freeze freeze that picture. Hmm? 
freeze that picture, and then develop, then look deeply within that picture where I could go on in a typical day in the life of Krishna as an adolescent before going to Mathura, a typical day. And this is what Luindli Lamrita, Krishna Bhavan Amrita, Krishna describes. Um, so that is really, I would look at that as a meditation on the uppercut leela, because it 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 uh, it's it's not something that's recorded, for example, in the Bhagavatam as the Prakat Leela. It doesn't contain elements of the Prakat Leela, like um, slaying different demons and so forth, um, um, which are uh, which is more characteristic of the of the Aprakat Leela. There's no separation like we find in the Aprakat Leela, where Krishna goes away to Mathura and Dwarka for a long time. Hmm. So the Aprakat Leela is characterized by union. The Prakat Leela is characterized more by separation. So these songs, these poems, uh, and texts, and so forth, these are um, kind of a, enter, a meditation on the Aprakat Leela. Now, when one becomes familiar with the Prakat Leela, hmm, then, uh, as I say, that's a good beginning then in due course as one's ability to uh, practice uh, one's eligibility increases one's adhikar and, and particularly with regard to smarnam then the aprakat lila becomes more um, relevant because in the meditation one will meditate following the lead of these types of, of texts and so forth now the interesting thing of course is that preoccupation where one starts to meditatively project one's self in a siddharupa in, into the into the leela, into the aprakat leela, results ultimately in taking birth, for the most part, in the prakat leela, right? But the purpose of, of that is to acquire uh, uh, or to further develop the staibab that's been perfected hmm, in one's practi- practitioner's life um, in terms of attaining prem, but still further developments of that staibab relative to lila have not developed and they would be difficult to develop outside of having the association of the associates of Krishna who have fully developed those staibabs in terms of man, sneha, pranai, rag, anurag, mahabhav, and so forth relative to the different rasas or the different stayabhavs. And so by the hands-on association there, one qualifies oneself by developing further his or her um, stayabhav and then go to the aprakat leela once and for all. So there's a there's an initial familiarity with the prakat leela, leads to a familiarity with the aprakat leela, leads to, typically to taking birth in the prakat leela, leads to taking to entering into the aprakat leela. And never, of course, never re- returning from there. That's typically the um, the progression, and um, um, and so there's this kind of hard form of the aprakat lila goloka, right? And then like a softer form of it, where it manifests to devotees, for example, practitioners doing their practice in in braj. Or if they can't live in Vrindavan, they could live there in their mind and they could set up a temple at Madhuvan and take a stone from, from Govardhan and place it there and so forth. And then um, uh, this, is, this is an extended way of living in Vrindavan, which is powerful, a powerful form of powerful, very powerful Anga of Bhakti. And so the result of it is, one of the results of it is that one can have glimpses of the Leela, the invisible Aprakat Leela. Mm-hmm. So that would be different. Those visions are different than the Prakat Leela, which is a particular particular manifestation of the Leela on earth. Krishna actually comes and taking birth. If in my meditation I experience Krishna and uh, Krishna Leela, I'm not in it or entering the Prakat Leela, I'm in an up enter, experiencing the Prakat Leela. So it has a way of expressing itself mm-hmm. as well in this world, and particularly in uh, relation to the, to the Dom and the idea of, of living there and living in that, 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 that consciousness. Hmm? 
And again, but, but those visions typically um, and absorption would lead to taking birth in the Prakatli. Although for, as again, the exception is there, for Gopal Kumar, he went directly to the Prakat Leela. So that's also possible. But the argument of Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur is that it's practically impossible to develop these, this intensification of the Stayibhav without a hands-on association of those who are so uh, developed. And we, we do find in the Bhagavatam the example in the Prakat Leela of devotees developing further. So for example, the typical example is the gopis who took birth. Krishna played his flute, called them. They came, but some of them could not come. They were checked by their husbands. Hmm? So this checking by their husbands caused separation to increase. And if we read further in the Bhagavatam, when Uddhava comes to Vrindavan, those particular gopis are mentioned. They're said to have died earlier, but they died to anything that was... Um, inhibiting them from having the full union with Krishna. So there is an example of devotees pro progressing within perfection, so to speak, as much as praying is perfection, within perfection, progressing and developing in order to enter the Prakat Lila once and for all. So you can see this is a very particular idea that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was given a particular method, a very particular um, destination in transcendence, which is variegated by nature. So it's it's good to be acquainted with with the goal and the method, theoretically. That help? Yes. Yes. Okay. I think you didn't really have a question. You just wanted me to speak about it a little bit more. So glad I could be helpful. Thank you. Okay. Um, I have a question, and it's probably a really um, not very. Um, <laughs> anyway, I'll ask it. Um, I was just reading the the verse about um, Kami Sanat and Goswami asking Lord Chaitanya, "Who am I?" and Lord Chaitanya um, responding, "Jibaris reply, Krishna Dinshadas," and um, so I had it just brought up a little bit of questions that if is he speaking directly to Sanatan Goswami because of his I personal the identity he has is he speaking in general to all of mankind um, that this is your sarup and meaning sarup because it almost implies some kind of inherency to me and maybe that's my question is how does it not yeah. I understand your question. So Sanatana Goswami uh, meets Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and has a conversation with him and he's very humble. And he says, Ke ami kene, jarta patrai. Ke ami, who am I? Kene, why? Tapa, try. Why try the miseries, threefold miseries of material existence I have to suffer from? And then Mahaprabhu begins to explain, right? So the questions for Sanatana Goswami are very, very basic. Who am I? Why do I have to suffer? This is not asking about the Prayojan Tattva, the goal. There are not questions about Rasa Tattva. That's not the subject here. Very basic questions. Who am I? Why do I have to suffer? Hmm. I, uh, I, I think I'm a pundit, but I don't even know the answers to the People call me a pundit. Hmm. Uh, Gramya, what is he? The, the, the village people call me a pundit, but I don't, uh, I don't know who I am. What is my position? Hmm. And, and I, I, I don't want to suffer, but I, but I suffer. So Mabu is addressing like new devotees here <laughs> kind of uh, answer. It's not about who your what your Swarup and Goloka Vrindavan is or what the, what the nature of Rasa Tattva and so forth. So in the context of answering, one of the things that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu teaches uh, Sanatana Goswami is Jivera Swarup Hoi Krishna Nitya Das. Jivera Swarup Hoi. The Swarup 
of the jiva, Krishnera, jivera, excuse me, jivera, of the jiva, his nature, Swarup, Nitya, Krishna, Das, is eternally subordinate, it means, to Krishna. Das means servant. So what, what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was explaining is the nature of the jiva. Krishna is the enjoyer. The jiva is the servant. There's a difference between the two. The jiva and Brahman are not one in all respects. For example, as Mayavad teaches, jiva is Brahman. No, he's saying there's a difference. Between, who are you? You're a jiva. And the jiva is different from Bhagawan. Bhagawan doesn't suffer from the threefold miseries. Hmm? Even if he comes to this world, he comes within the orbit of his sort of shakti. He, he, he's not, he, he has no ignorance, therefore he has no suffering. Ignorance being attachment, which causes suffering. But you're a jiva. The jiva is different from Bhagawan. Hmm? One way to speak broadly about the difference is Krishna is the enjoyer, the jiva is the servant, the server, right? Mm -hmm. and, and, and of course he goes on in his teaching. Mm -hmm. And uh, he, uh, uh, I think he maybe even uses the word beta bay there, tatastakya, beta bay. So this is what he's describing. This is some bandagyan. This is not like uh, a, a, a discourse on, on Prayojan Tattva, even on Bhakti, Abhideya as the means, but Sambandha Gyan. And he's basically saying, again, the nature of the Jeeva is subordinate to Krishna. All, sometimes we say, Krishna is the supreme enjoyer, Ekala Ishwar Krishna, Ar Sabhritya. Ekala Ishwar Krishna. There's only one Krishna who is the Ishwar, one Ishwar, that's Krishna. Ar sub Britya. Sub Britya. Everyone else is Britya, servant. Does that mean everyone is in Dasiras? Hmm? It's not dealing with that subject. That's another thing. So the word Swarup, hmm, the more broad and commonly uh, used, way, the way the word is used is to speak about nature one's nature. Hmm? Uh, now we have a bhakti swarup. That's another thing. Hmm? A swarup that, that, that is as a result of being infused with bhakti in a particular way and an identity arises out of this and you can participate in that uh, in, the, in the leela and so forth. But generally the jiva has a swarup hmm? independent of any bhakti. Even if the jiva is not infused with bhakti, it has a swarup, it has a nature. What is its nature? Subordinate to Krishna. Hmm. It's the servant, and Krishna is the served. Hmm. This, is, this, is, this is what he's teaching there. It's, a, it's very, very, very broad. Hmm. Not teaching about this, the, the internal swarup that the jiva can, otherwise, uh, he, he would be saying every jiva has, every jiva is in dasirasa. Well, that, that's obviously not what the teaching is. So the, you have to look and see the context of how the word swarup is being used hmm, to overcome these types of uh, confusions that a lot of devotees, um, it, it comes up for them because they're, they're used to thinking of the word swarup as, a, as an eternal form in relation to Krishna, which is, which is one application of the word, but that's a very specific application of the word and how it's used in Gaudiya Vaishnavism with regard to the prayojan, the goal, the ideal. Hmm? Otherwise, very commonly within Gaudiya Vaishnavism it's used otherwise. Hmm? Speak of the, the nature of the jiva. It's tatasta. Hmm? And again, here it's subordinate to Krishna. So why do I have to, who am I? Why I have to suffer? Well, you're not Krishna. He doesn't have to suffer. He's the only enjoyer. Uh, everyone else is subordinate. And, you know, he goes on to explain further. But the fact that we're not the supreme enjoyer, well, then 
we're serving. If we don't serve, then we're going to have to suffer because we're, then we're against, acting against our swarup, against our nature, right? Does that help? It helps, yes. I, it just brings up one more question. So, mm-hmm. yeah, understanding that swarup just means kind of like how Prabhupada used the term dharma. The dharma of the, the jiva is service. And, exactly. But thinking about what about the jiva that, you know, Brahmananda that, you know, just to, could live in, in the Brahma Jyoti without serving, and that would be an eternal just place for them, and so without any service. And that, so again, yes, yeah, so, that, so that, that would just be another little confusion. Well, um, you have Dasyarasa, which is active service. You have Shantarasa, which is not, which is kind of like a um, passive adoration. Mm-hmm. So, one of the distinctions between Dasyarasa and and Sakyarasa is is the actual active serving takes place in Dasyarasa. And Shantarasa is characterized by attachment to Krishna and detachment from material life. Um, so it's, you know, it, it, it's, it's almost, it's difficult to almost think about bhakti rasa, shantarasa as service, it's passive adoration. Hmm? Now, merging into Brahma Jyoti, Brahma Sayuja, that's an even lesser ideal from our vantage point, but it doesn't change the fact that the jiva there is subordinate to Brahman. The jiva doesn't become Brahman. Hmm? Again, if the jiva merges into in the Brahma Jyoti, what happens? Okay. It, there's, there's methods for that. It, it loses a sense of its individuality. That becomes obscured in the face of Brahman. And it's just identified with Brahman. Now, that's not too hard to understand if you, if you think what happens to you in to the jiva in material life. The jiva in material life becomes absorbed in the external energy. Hmm? And it thinks itself to be the picture of itself that on the mirror of material energy. And it's not. Hmm? But it, so in Brahma Jyoti, it's identified with Brahman and loses a sense of its individuality, but it's still an individual. Hmm? Go to the other side, go to Bach, in, 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 into the Leela, and the jiva is completely immersed in the Swarup Shakti. So it identifies entirely with the Srup Shakti and functions like everyone else, even those that are manifestations of the Srup Shakti itself. Hmm? The fact that it's a Tatasta is no longer an issue. It's still a Tatasta Jiva. It's infused with Bhakti, with the Srup Shakti. Hmm? But it's still, it hasn't changed its constitution. So the, because the Jiva enters into Brahman, Brahma Suja doesn't mean it became Brahman. If it became Brahman, then it would change its constitution. Hmm? But what Mahaprabhu was teaching is that that's not what occurs. It's always subordinate. Hmm? It's subordinate to Brahman. But its sense of subordination or, or superiority or anything, these don't come into, into, in, in, into consideration. It's absorbed in Brahman. Hmm? Okay. Yeah, so that so that the word service would be support subordination would be more the the word that would apply to the jiva that ends up in the Brahma Jyoti. He wouldn't because there is no real And service here means subordinate. subordinate. It doesn't necessarily mean active service. That he's a subordinate entity. Uh, to Krishna, he's not the he's not the joy enjoyer. He's not from. He's, he's, Let me hold on. Let me just mute everybody. Yeah. He's constitutionally a servant. I mean, you 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 can say he ornaments Brahman. So that's his service. Yeah. Ornamenting Brahman. Mm. 
Okay, um, Samante has a question. Okay. Um, I have two unrelated questions. One related to Artina's question. Once um, somebody does merge into the Brahma GOT, is that an eternal position? Where I kind of remember hearing that Prabhupada said one may become bored in that situation and come back to the material. Yeah, there's no question of coming back because it's mukti. So mukti means liberated. And um, it's a form of perfection. So there's no, there's no imperfection. There's no question of being bored with Brahman because Brahman's unlimited. Maybe Prabhupada sometimes said things like that. He was very much always lambasting against the idea of entering into Brahman because it's so much identified with Mayabad philosophy, even though there are others who enter outside of Mayabad philosophy and it is attainable. It's not something of interest to the, to the devotees at all. Um, and so uh, that said, um, uh, there is the possibility, and there are verses to this effect, that in this body, a jnani, for example, who attains the state of, uh, stage of Jiva Mukta, of Jiva Mukta, so he's liberated in this body, it means his, um, uh, all the karma that was waiting to manifest as Parabdha has all been destroyed. And the Parabdha karma is remaining and it's playing itself out. And he's just waiting for that to finish and then he enters into Brahma So that's the penultimate stage before the final stage of perfection. And from that stage, which is, again, it's, it's a form of mukti, kind of, hmm? uh, he can fall down. There are verses like this in Bhagavatam, hmm? Abhishudabhudaya, He thinks he's liberated, but because he offends bhakti, it says, he falls down. Now, there's no opportunity to offend bhakti when you're merged in the Brahma Jyoti. There's, there's, there's no activity going on there. Just this pulsating, you know, I am. Um, uh, so uh, that can occur in the penultimate stage. So sometimes verses like that are referred to as falling from Brahman, but it's falling from that penultimate stage. Once you enter into the Brahma Jyoti, then there it's final. However, it is said that you can go up from there. That's possible. Hmm. Now, even when it's said you can go up from there, for the most part, that refers to from the stage of the, of the Jivan Mukta. So let's say a Jivan Mukta comes in touch with a powerful devotee. Hmm. A Jivan Mukta in the Gyan Marg comes in touch with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and then from there develops uh, affinity for for, for uh, Nirguna Bhakti. So that's obviously a possibility. Theoretically, there's a possibility that you could even enter into Brahman and go up. There's no coming down, but there's a possibility. How do you go up? by the grace of Krishna, how you get the grace of Krishna. Well, let me give an example. Let's say you were a, a Jivan Mukta. Let's say I was a Jivan Mukta. And I met you and I inspired you to take up the life of a transcendentalist. Hmm? And so, so many basic ideas about Vedanta um, and so forth, you, you learned from me and were inspired. You're not the body, and there's reincarnation, and, and she had, had to control the mind and the senses, and so even Krishna's a form of God, and so forth. Hmm? You learned all these things from me, but you learned it through the filter of the Ganmarg. Hmm? Then I passed away, and you were always thankful to me, grateful. You have a, such a soft spot in your heart. Meanwhile, you meet some very powerful, strong devotees, and they build upon what you've learned, and they also 
do away with things that you might have mislearned from the bhakti perspective, even from that fellow, from me, as an example. So you become a devotee of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and you become advanced, and you have some affinity for me because I helped you in the beginning. So Krishna plucks me out of the Brahma Jyoti and takes me to, by your grace, it's possible. <laughs> how, the, how Krishna will know about that jiva? Why would he liberate him? Well, his he, devotee has some affinity for him. There's a psychology of love. If you care for somebody, and, so then, and Krishna cares about you, then those that you care about, Krishna will also care about his naturally, he will go to them. Go to your relatives, even friends, and so forth. In, in some respect, It'll be good for them. Good for everyone you know and like. It'll be good for you. Uh, good for them. If you become a devotee, the more you become a devotee. So similarly for that guru who entered into Brahman, you can deliver him. And when he ends up in Goloka, you'll be touching his feet, worshiping him. Okay, thank you. Um, my other question is, um, I was listening to your lecture about the, I think it was the cleansing of the Gundicha temple. And in one place you mentioned that um, Krishna and Balaram going to Kurukshetra was um, given as an example of Lord Jagannath going to Gundicha. I mean, I guess Jagannath and Balaram and Subhadra going to Gundicha. Mm -hmm. And then later on in the talk, he was saying how Lord Jagannath going to Gundicha was Krishna going to Vrindavan. Hmm. So right. Well, when, Krishna, when Krishna goes to Kurukshetra, he goes to Vrindavan. Because, why? He goes to Kurukshetra and the inhabitants of Vrindavan also come there. And there he meets them again after a long time. Hmm? He meets his mother, some friends, his father. He meets with the gopis separately and he expresses to them well why don't you come with me and they said no you come to Vrindavan we can't leave Vrindavan we want you in Vrindavan and so that Milan Yugal Milan meeting between Radha and Krishna and Kurukshetra is really more what Kurukshetra is about from our perspective than the Kurukshetra war and the whole Bhagavad Gita as I said in my commentary in the Gita Krishna is on the field of Kurukshetra speaking about Dharma to Arjuna. He has to remember that he met there earlier in Kurukshetra, met the gopis, and what lesson did he learn about Dharma from them? So that has to come through the Gita slightly when he's speaking to Arjuna, at least in a covert, covert way. So, um, so, uh, going to Kurukshetra, but meeting the inhabitants of Vrindavan is what it's all about. And I think that's what the chapter of the Bhagavatam, at least in Prabhupada's translation, is entitled. Hmm. But anyway, that's the key point. That's the main thing. So meeting with them is tantamount to going to Vrindavan, is the point. Hmm. He gets to Kurukshetra, he meets the gopis. They're calling him to come back to Vrindavan. Um, so when Jagannath goes to to the Gundija temple, externally, you could look at it as Kukshetra, internally as Vrindavan, because the inhabitants of Vrindavan are there, and that's really the main event. Now, it depends who you are, what you think the main event is going to be. Other people are saying Krishna riding on an elephant, and Balaram think this is the main event, the prince is here, the prince is here. Meanwhile, Mother Yasoda is knocking on the door and saying, let us in, and the, print, and the gatekeepers in the village, that has been like an Olympic village has been set up, who are you people? This is the prince here, Prince Krishna and Ram. Who are you coward people? What do you, and we want to see him. He's my, he's my, what do you mean? He's the son of Devaki. Who are you? Anyway, she's persistent. So they send word back to Krishna. This is lady here. Says she's your mother. Oh, he said, let her in, let her in. So what's really going on there depends, you know, what your angle of vision is. From the Gaudiya perspective, there's this meeting between the, the inhabitants and Krishna, particularly with Radha and the gopis, and there Krishna makes a statement. He says that, that he says, people worship me hmm, for 
things and people worship me for liberation to get away from things people worship me because i should be worshiped but I, but i i worship you i'm the way you worship me i'm completely purchased i cannot repay i worship you so this is this is this is the Vrindavan talk <laughs> this is not prince krishna anymore <laughs> it's princehood has been uh, he's been dethroned, so to speak, there. So I see a short question about Purushottam Maas. Um, I talked about this a couple of times. Um, there's nothing that I'm aware of in the Goswami's literature itself about Purushottam Maas. There is emphasis on observance of Kartik, which is the fourth of the, of the four months of the Chattamasya. Purushottam Mas is like the fifth, like a leap year type of month in the uh, in uh, um, in the Chattamasya four month rainy season. Um, so um, um, that said, Bhakti Vinod has written about it and the virtues of it, and quoted from the think that maybe Brihadnardi a Purana statements of Krishna there, but some of the statements there. Uh, they, they they contradict some of the statements of the Goswamis. There it said, well, the only transcendental month is Purushottamas. All the others only have material uh, results by observing the vows connected with them, which certainly wouldn't be the case for um, Kartik Mas, the month of Kartik. Mm-hmm. So perhaps for that reason, the Goswamis didn't emphasize Purushottamas. Um, but uh, there are basic um, statements about the observance, the virtues of it, and largely in connection with Krishna Bhakti. So it's a way in which the scriptures have taken an opportunity to encourage ordinary people to practice Krishna Bhakti in the Purushottamas or for devotees to increase um, their their devotion. Um, there are statements like um, during the Purushottam Mas, you have to give you know, 14 cakes of ghee and a gold ring to a qualified Brahmin. Otherwise, everything else you've done through all the other 12 months is useless. Obviously, that doesn't pertain to devotees. So a lot of these kind of statements are to get people, give them a reason beyond the so many reasons that are already there that are good for doing bhakti. Another reason to do bhakti, do it this one month anyway. and and And, and then, you know, if you can't do it all the month, do this one month. And then, you know, for then some devotees have taken it in such a way as to uh, uh, to be a, an opportunity to increase the devotion and get more benefit. But but I, whenever you increase your donation, your devotion, you're going to get more benefit from it. Mm-hmm. Whether particular times are conducive to that, uh, perhaps, uh, and... Uh, this is the way that month is is talked about. So, um, uh, increase your hearing and chanting in the month of Purushottam. Uh, no harm. But if you don't, you're already hearing and chanting. Are you doing what the month prescribes, among other things? Um, and so, I mentioned before, my Gurmish never mentioned it. Shudamarsh never mentioned it to us. Um, it's not mentioned by the Goswamis. I, I, there are a couple of verses in the think in the uh, Hari Bhakti Vilas, but uh, one I mentioned about like giving away some so much ghee to a Brahmin and so forth. So, so Purushottamaski Jai. All right, so um, let's see. Since the, somebody has written here. Um, here's an interesting quote. I think it's Padmanabha's. Yes. Here's an interesting quote from Prabhupada on someone attaining Brahman and remaining there. He says, Since the Lord is very kind to everyone, the impersonalists who accept bhakti as a means of merging in the existence of the Lord and his impersonal Brahma Jyoti are also awarded their desired destination. Therefore, Krishna is very kind. He gives them. Yeah. Do they have that kind of samskar from? those kind of sadhus who have that ideal, and that's 
And it's a, that's a powerful ideal. The mukshatva, the desire for that kind of mukti, has to be stronger than any other, all material desires. So it's a very strong desire that's cultivated. It's difficult to counteract that. It'd be a very powerful devotee to, to, to convert someone like that who's, who's cultivating mukshatva, the desire to emerge into Brahman, and, re, and in retiring material desires for, for that aim and sleeping on a bed of nails. So, <laughs> Difficult to convert them. If they want to go there, they can go. It's a liberated form. But we say comparatively to the possibilities in bhakti that, that you should determine now through Shastra hmm, there's a better possibility hmm, and pursue that. And it's easier to pursue. You don't have to sleep on a bed of nails. Shri Bhakti Devi Ki Jai. Okay, nice to talk with you all. Thank you. Thank you so much for your wonderful association. And next week, hopefully. Yes, hopefully. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna.